Good morning. Welcome to Raising Connections. I'm your host, Ray Shan Mayer. This is the program where we talk about all of your critters, companions, commerce, and agriculture and the connections between them. This morning, as always, we have fun and informative guests joining us. Good morning, Beth, and good morning, Nancy. Good morning. We have a really fun thing to talk about today. We are actually sitting in North Carolina, not in Maryland, and there's pollen flying everywhere from the pines because we are in the middle of Longleaf area, and we are sitting at your lodge. Good morning, Beth. Introduce yourself and give us a little information. Okay, good morning. I'm Beth Bachoven, and I'm owner manager of Longleaf Lodge, which is located in Hoffman, North Carolina, which you probably have never heard of. It's near Southern Pines and Pinehurst. A lot of people are familiar with golf. Our place is located within the Sandhills Game Lands, which is 63,000 acres of public lands that are dedicated to preservation of the and conservation of the longleaf pine, which I can talk about that later. And, um, <laughs> you should see the glint in her eye when this starts going. And our lodge, we're so lucky. Our lodge is sort of located in the middle of all this, and uh, we invite guests to come to our lodge and explore this area. We have a lot of equestrian guests, people who bring their horses and go trail riding in the game lands. And we also have people who come to the area for other activities. And it's just a, it's a nice, we love being here. It's a nice place to be. Welcome in. Nancy, give us your voice and who you are. I am Nancy Willard, and I am Beth's stepmom. And I am co-owner of Longleaf Lodge and Farm. But as I like to say, Beth is the boss. <laughs> <laughs> I do mostly assistant work. Okay, that's the important stuff. Yeah, I do assistant work. Beth knows about horses, and I didn't start riding until I was 50, and so, you know, it's kind of still new to me. So there's a lot that I learn every single day, but I enjoy it. Longleaf Lodge is in Hoffman, North Carolina, and it's just kind of glossed over the point that it's in Sandy area, and that the long leaves are here, and that it's an equestrian facility. It is so much more than that. This is something that you all have created, but you also purchased it as an operational facility. When you purchased the facility, it had a lodge. And some of our listeners may be picturing Swiss chalets when we say lodge. <laughs> can, you, can you describe what this lodge is? Our lodge is an old farmhouse, two-story farmhouse that was built in 1916, I believe, um, for a working family, a working farm family, uh, the Myers, and it has come down through the years fairly well-preserved. Absolutely. (laughs) So we say it's a lot like going to your grandma's house. It has several, um, a suite and two bedrooms and a kitchen, a full kitchen, and people can come and make themselves at home. And we hope we offer hospitality and warmth and good feeling. And this lodge sleeps how many people? Well, technically, I'd say... We, <laughs> Depends we on where you hang it in the rafters. Or we, have, we have 11 beds. Some of them are fold-outs. So when they say, as the old song, when they're coming around the mountain and they're eating everything from soup to hay, you can stack them deep in there. And That's right. Gotcha. Okay. If I remember that song right, they'll be coming by the dozens, That's eating everything right. from soup to hay. Yes. 
I would add, um, we know the Myers family. Um, okay. We know the family that was, we, we know part of that family that was here originally. So that's kind of a neat thing. Betty Myers, who's still alive, came and visited the farm with her family a couple of years ago. So that was really cool. That's special. And Betty was my uh, history teacher in high school. So there's a lot of connections there. And when Nancy was talking about the lodge being a place where people can gather in the kitchen, that the kitchen table my dad made from um, longleaf pine boards that we took off one of the barns. So when you come to the lodge, you're you're sitting in a place that's meant for family and friends. Mm-hmm. And it has a very positive vibe to it, a very homey, loving vibe to it. And you also reside, you both reside on the grounds. So let's back up just a little bit. So this was a small town. And there's connections. It's a very small town. So there's connections locally here because of that. But there's also, this was not where you started. This was not part of the plan. This was sort of a, oops. Not an oops. This was a wonderful surprise. (laughs) Okay. How did that happen? Because how many acres is the place? It's 19 and a half. And so how this happened, (laughs) when I turned 50, I decided I wanted to ride horses. I wanted to do it all my life. And I loved them. And I always wanted to have one. Um, And so when I was 50, I started taking lessons. Well, when I was mm, mm, towards 60, Uh I decided I would purchase a horse. Good for you. And I found this place as a place to board it. So I was boarding a horse here, and the uh, owner decided she needed to sell. And And this was not the Myers. This was somebody else in the meantime. Sandra Chadburn. Uh, She was going to move back to Maine, and she wanted to sell the place. So I thought, I am too old to do this. (laughs) So I mentioned it to Beth, and little did I know that she had had the dream of having a horse farm, and she rode a lot, and she, to my surprise, said yes. (laughs) Well, and I would say yes, that when Dad and Nancy came and said, you know, we're thinking about buying this farm because we love it, and Nancy and Dad drove past the farm every day to go to Nancy's church where she was the minister, and um, they said, you know, but we don't want to run the business, and, you know, would you want to do this? And I used to have these boxes where I put stuff in, and one was for um, a nature museum, and one was for a farm. And then at a certain point in life, I said, these things aren't going to happen. And I got rid of those boxes. And then, lo and behold, I received the opportunity to work at a museum, which was wonderful. And then I received this opportunity to have a farm, which I had, you know, basically given up on. And so when they asked us, the 10-year-old girl inside of me that was when I first started riding, you know, just jumped for joy. I talked to my family because I had two teenage girls and a husband who likes horses now, but, you know, didn't really have anything to do with it. And and they all said yes. They all said, you know, that we could leave the mountains that had been our home for 17, 20 years and do something new in a new place. And that 
was just a wonderful thing. I wish as listeners, you could see the expressions because their eyes are lighting up and sparkling and you can just feel the heart in this because to be given such an opportunity mm-hmm. at a time in life where it feels like things, and I may be paraphrasing a little bit here, are starting to fall apart or change, or maybe mm-hmm. I'm too old to do something. It's a new spring. Mm-hmm. Exactly. It's a new spring. Okay, so you've got a daughter here who's riding, mm-hmm. and you're taking her as mom to all the lessons, stepmom. No. no. Okay. No, because I'm her stepmom. Okay. So I entered her life after she was had done all of that. Okay. So her dad watched her ride. Uh-huh. Okay. I was the most surprised. And the reason I said surprised, because... Life doesn't always go the way you think. and Oh, it never does. No, it never does. And when I decided I would mention this to Beth, I really had no idea that she would have any interest. And I will never forget sitting in her in in her living room in the mountains and just mentioning it. There's a horse farm for sale. Do do you think you would be interested in going in with us? And she lit up like a light bulb and went to the computer and went to their to the website and I was surprised. Ah, I was so joyfully surprised. When this all came together, was the farm an operational farm and was it also a lodge? Mm-hmm. Okay, so it was. Yeah, so Sandra, um, Nancy mentioned uh, Sandra Chadbourne had it, and it was called Chadbourne Farm and Stable. Okay. And so when she was ready to dissolve that and go back to Maine was when um, we got it and decided to rename it and, you know, rebrand it a little bit. But we kept basically the same business that she had been running. And so that business includes boarding? Facility. So long-term boarding of horses. Which includes a dressage ring. A a dressage ring. A dressage (laughs) ring. Can you tell I've been out riding today? A dressage ring. It includes an obstacle course. It includes trails out to the state lands. Mm -hmm. It also has boarding and field turnout. Yes. And stalls. Mm -hmm. And then it includes the lodge. Mm -hmm. And the guests, and it's not, sort of a combination between a bed and breakfast and an Airbnb, but not quite either. Yes, we said we say bed and breakfast, you make your own. There you go. That makes sense. We have a sign that says that. It actually hangs in the kitchen, I believe. Yes. 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 What else? Because there's this beautiful pavilion, and you have both, each of you have your homes here. So are you hosting individual families? Are you hosting gatherings of families? Are you hosting retreats? People bring their horses and they have a, you have a hotel for the horses who come with the people. But your sign also says people, horses, and hounds. And we're in the middle of hound country and fox hunt. We are. And so the horse, human, and hound, I love alliteration, which is why it's Longley Fodge. And then it's horse, human, and hound because I didn't want to say horse, human, and dog. So we are a dog-friendly facility, and so guests are welcome to bring dogs, and um, dogs are welcome to stay in the lodge. And we also have outdoor runs for dogs, um, includes, you know, areas that they can be in, and they can also be on the farm. 
as well. So we are in the middle of fox hunting and we do have, there's a big fox hunt at the end of every March and we have lots of fox hunters who come here for that big event. So yeah, so the hound in the traditional sense is true as well as a stand-in for any kind of dog. And then on top of all of this, you have a professional life where you are a professor at a college. You've worked with the Nature Conservancy. You've worked with museums. Nancy, you have been a professional pastor. Yes. And all of this continues to wrap up into Longleaf. When we come back, let's talk about how you made this transition and all of these pieces work together. Join me, Rayshan Mayer, from Mariah Bellmanor Kennel, for our new adventure, Living Life Tales Up podcast, combining everyday life with what goes on at the kennel and farm, a bit of humor, some ideas, and some positive happy bubbles. We're living tails up, nose down, and staying on track. We hope to see you on Living Life Tales Up for five to ten minutes worth of happy, happy bubbles shooting out there in the atmosphere. See you soon. Welcome back to Raising Connections. This morning, we're having a really interesting conversation, as always, with Beth and with Nancy. And we're talking here at the, we're sitting at the kitchen table. So if you hear this in the background, it's the kitchen table. And so what we're talking about is how do you open a farm and a lodge and make decisions when you're in your 60s, you're taking your first writing lessons when you're 50, and you decide we're going to do this. And Beth is, you're in a career, you're in a house, you're in the mountains, you're not anywhere near this area, but you have connections to this area. And you decide to come together, form a family compound with an equestrian farm, <laughs> a lodge, a guest house, a horse hotel. You've got all this going on. How in the world did you decide to do this? And financially, you're both at a point in your lives when you decide to do this, that you're independent and you're comfortable. I can answer that pretty easily. As Beth remarked earlier, my husband and I used to drive back and forth in front of this place on this road as I was going to preach at the church where I was pointed. So for years, I saw this house and felt drawn to it. So about the time I was ready to retire, this farm went on the market. And you're retiring from the ministry? Yes. Okay. So um, I'm retiring as a pastor. I know that... I have some good years left. Sixty, you should have some good years left. <laughs> some good years. The closer left. I get, the more good years I think are should be there. <laughs> and also, I had inherited a farm in West Tennessee from my father, and I had an offer on it. So um, I took the offer and sold that farm in West Tennessee. Was that a hard decision? No. No. Okay. Because I will not probably ever live in West Tennessee again. Okay. Uh, my home is North Carolina. I've been here 30-something years. So that was not a hard decision. Okay. So pretty much I took the money from that farm and we were able, easily able to purchase this one. And I had done a lot of thinking work. That's hard work. A lot of thinking work. And I thought, I just want to use my hands. I want to be outside. I've always loved to be outside. I want to be outside. I want to use my body. I want to be close to the soil. I want to grow a garden. I want to have chickens. I want to be an outdoor person. So for me, it was not a hard transition at all. And it did all that fell answer, into place. Did that answer 
something that you had put aside to do the ministry or before that had you found them together? I had always wanted to live on a farm and had not had the opportunity to do that. I always lived in a subdivision Mm -hmm. where I had close neighbors and I loved my neighbors, but I wanted to be in a place where I looked out and didn't see a house right next to me. It was a perfect opportunity that fell into place. All of those things fell into place exactly at the right time. A little bit of being watched out for, maybe. Uh, Perhaps. (laughs) A little bit. A little bit. You were, Beth, you were away. You had a very substantial career. You were working with the Nature Conservancy. I'll back up. I worked for the Nature Conservancy back in the early 2000s for about 10 years. And then my husband and I, each of us left the jobs that we were in. He had been in his job 17 years. I'd been in mine about 10. And we were offered an opportunity to work, well, to run an environmental science camp. And we both have biology backgrounds. And we were like, oh, this is great. We'll go do this. And we did that for about four years. And it came to an unfortunate end where we both lost our jobs at the same time. Oh, And that was tough. That was that was tough. And um, we recovered from that and got different jobs. And that's when I started working um, for a children's museum in the mountains doing science programming, which was just awesome. It was so much fun. Um, However, I spent a lot of day inside. And like Nancy, as the years went by, I was like, I really want to be outside. I want to be moving more. Um, I want to have exercise be part of my daily life kind of thing. So when they gave us that opportunity to do this farm, I was like, oh, my gosh, these are all the things I've been thinking about. Like, I can be active every day. I can be outside every day. The horses, the horses, the horses. Um, <laughs> that inner 10-year-old is pretty powerful. <laughs> Thank you. I mean, I can't, you know. So, and it was a matter of, well, the family has to say yes. And luckily, they did. You know, my husband did and my children did. And At that point, how old were your children? My youngest daughter was entering high school. So, that was the biggie. It was like... Oh, okay. Are you okay moving and changing to a new high school? And this is sort of a fun story. She said yes. And we came down here and looked at schools and she wanted to go to this private school. And I said, well, that's lovely, honey. However, I'm not sure that that's affordable. And they had one scholarship for a brand new student. And I said, well, you can apply. And she got it. Wow. She got the scholarship and it was like, oh, wow. oh, this is meant to be. We're coming. We're coming. And wow. I think part of the stuff that Paul and I went through with occupations and, you know, things that were tough also allowed us to go change is good and change is OK. And we can leave our home in the mountains that we've had for the past 20 years that we loved and do something different and love something new. And we do. Like this farm is such a nice place. And it's it's so wonderful. We talk about all the time how we wake up and we see the sunrise and we go to, in the afternoon, we see the sun set on this farm and we hear birds. And during COVID, we were just surrounded by nature and it's peaceful and it, it feels good. And that's what, one of the reasons it is open to others is because we we want to share that. We want to share that. We love it when people come here and say, this is so peaceful. This feels so homey. I feel so welcome. Good, good. Mm-hmm. Now, how do you balance that? 
Here comes the hard question. Okay. How do you balance that with, I want to walk outside and see no one? Well, we have plenty of that too. Okay. Yeah. I mean, you know, we have guests and then we have times so like nobody comes in the summer because it's hot. <laughs> okay. You know, people generally don't want to ride their horses when it's 100 degrees in their spots. Typically no. Yes. Yeah. Right. So that's fine. So we, uh, I mean, we, there's a very sort of natural organic flow to the year in terms of high times and low times. And so we get plenty of, I walk out my door and see no one. And then we also get plenty of, I walk out my door and I get to see all these lovely people from all over the country. And even we've had international guests. We've had the South African Polo Cross team here. Oh, my. I know. You know, so it's it is big fun. It's big fun meeting new people and, and hearing their stories and learning about them and being able to share this place and have a place where they, too, can, you know, sit down and put their feet up and watch the sunset. Just, you know, we saw. Yeah. And we have return guests, too, and they, they are our favorite because we get to know people. Oh, I bet. And some people come and they may stay a month or two. We had one guest this spring from Washington State who drove her horse trailer and stayed here for three months. Two or three months. Yeah, two or three months. She's an inventor, so she came to the East Coast to do East Coast shows. And so she lived out of her trailer and boarded her horses at the horse hotel that you mentioned. And it was great fun. We loved having her. And that's the thing when we do have people here, especially when we have some people that are here longer, you know, for like weeks or months, we get to know them really well. And then when they leave, we're like, oh, where'd they go? (laughs) Oh, so it really does become a, it's a compound in a good sense of that word. It's a coming together and getting to know each other and sort of coexisting in a peaceful way. Yes, I think so. And it's such a joy with the way families are now, you know, kids get up, grow up and they leave home and you don't see them. They live in multiple towns. Sure. But it's such a joy to be in the same place with family. It is a rich experience that I think people a long time ago used to experience all the time. And we have that. And Beth's dad, my husband, has been an integral part of this too. He was willing to move from our house and, and do farm work. Uh, I think as a little boy, he was active on his uncle's farms, and he loves driving the tractor, and he always wants to know who's here, and how long are they staying, and what are they doing here, and where are they from, and He's very detail-oriented. He's very detail-oriented. Which we love. Which we love. (laughs) You have to love sometimes. (laughs) Yeah, that's right. So we live in the back corner of the farm, and we built a 400-square-foot house first, so a very tiny little house, and lived in that six months, and then we added another 400 square feet. So we live in a very small three-room house uh, with big porches around the side. So we get to enjoy that, too. So we get to go out on the porch and drink coffee and watch the sun come up and go on the other porch and watch the sun go down. If you were to give one piece of advice to somebody who's considering, is 62 old? Can we leave our stable lives and move somewhere else and leave our careers and uproot? What would you tell them? I would say absolutely. I would. I think, you know, here's my perspective about having hardship in life. The sun's coming up tomorrow Mm -hmm. and that's not going to change. So, you know, you're going to wake up and 
do something the next day. And so if you if you have an opportunity to do something different, do it. Mm-hmm. It's do it because life is also can be short and precious. So absolutely. I think, I think, yeah, do it. And, you know, and if something happened and what we're doing now no longer worked and we had to do other things, do different things, that's okay. Mm-hmm. That's okay. I think this is a beautiful time in our lives and we enjoy, we do enjoy it every day and we'll take that for as long as we can. Yes. Right. Echo that. Yes. I would say definitely. Yeah, seize, do it. seize the opportunities. I have enjoyed our time with you, and I hope you, our listeners, have enjoyed it too. Check out our Facebook, and be sure to find you at longleaflodge.com. Come down and visit the ladies, see the horses, bring your horses, bring your dogs, and we'll see you next week here on Raising Connections.